Star Wars 7x7 episode 2434. So when you hear that the finale of a trilogy is going to be called Victory's Price, it certainly makes you wonder, um, what's the price going to be? And it also makes you think about the jeopardy in which all the characters will be. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Alexander Freed's novel, Victory's Price, the conclusion of the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. We are going to start moving into spoiler territory, and so if you don't want things spoiled for you, then by all means save this episode for a later date. But if you're good with me talking about some elements of the book, I'm going to stay away from the major climactic stuff, I think. But <laughs> you'll have advance notice if there's no way of avoiding that. So let's just dig in. And it starts actually just, I mean, even just knowing that the book is called Victory's Price, you're thinking, okay, we know that the rebellion is going to defeat the empire or the new republic, I guess I should say, because of the new republic at that point. We know that the new republic is going to defeat the empire. This is a done deal. But what is it going to cost? I mean, if you think about Victory's Price in terms of the Battle of Endor, well, certainly it was, you know, some rebel troops on the surface of Endor along with a lot of Ewoks. And then it's certainly a lot of ships and a lot of starfighters lost above Endor. So yes, Price was heavy for that victory, but it was an incredible victory. And then you move forward to the Battle of Jakku, which is a year and a few days after the Battle of Endor. It's already been chronicled in a number of storytelling situations, probably most prominently the Aftermath novels by Chuck Wendig, or more specifically, Empire's End out of that trilogy, the last book in that trilogy. Funnily enough, we're back at the Battle of Jakku for the end of this trilogy as well, Victory's Price. And on the back jacket, there is a quote from a strategy session that's happening with a lot of folks, including Admiral Akbar and including General Harrison Dula. And Hera is reflecting on the situation and saying to herself, or at least, you know, the thought going through her head in the narrative, victory was in sight, victory over the Empire, and victory over Shadowing, and then victory always had a price. Now, when I make the distinction about the levels of spoilers, if you will, and <laughs> talking about, you know, awesome light spoilers, but not necessarily, you know, climactic spoilers or anything like that. Basically, what I'm getting at is the question of who lives and who dies, right? I mean, I think that when I read that line about victory always having a price and knowing that it was called victory's price, the assumption in my head is someone's gonna die. And before you panic, just let me make it clear, that's the <laughs> line I'm not crossing. I'm not gonna talk about who lives or dies or anything like that. But we can talk about the price that characters do pay while they're alive, and I'll leave it ambiguous in that regard. And while the movies, you know, when they do their job and they do their job well, you know, they're just making the whole saga look epic, the conflict look epic, the war look epic. They're not really getting into the, you know, the messy nitty gritty of people's psyches and whatnot. 
and Alexander Freed is doing that, has the luxury to be able to explore that territory in these novels, and he does it really well. And the conceit with Alphabet Squadron, as it was originally conceived, is that each member of the squadron was a sole survivor. So we have, of course, Nat Tenzin, who was with the Empire and then defected when he was caught, but then his whole squadron of Y-Wings was wiped out by Shadowwing when he was the only survivor. And then you have Chaston Chaddock and Will Lark, who were being chased by the Shadowwing folks because they had discovered some intel about what Shadowwing was up to, and their B-Wings and A-Wings were completely utterly obliterated with the exception of Will and Chas. And then of course Erica Quell defecting from Shadowwing, or at least appearing to defect from Shadowwing, and who knows what the real deal is? Well, read Victory's Price and you'll know what the real deal is. And then Kairos, who is one of a kind, but you know, may not be one of a kind, but certainly is one of a kind in terms of you know a character that we've never met before and have no idea about her species or anything else, but she was a survivor of prison camps that uh, Karen Aiden, the intelligence officer who unfortunately departed in Shadowfall, was a part of. And yeah, uh, that was a whole other situation too. And working backwards from that, because we don't know a lot about Kairos going into Victory's Price, the bits that we do get, and we do get a significant chunk, are just stunningly remarkable and wholly alien in their portrayal. And yet, you know, we never had a sense of Kairos other than she was you know, quiet and formidable. And yet we get a lot more about Kairos's emotional state and the things that she's been through to understand why you know, there is a price that she has paid over time. And certainly the events of these three novels have actually inflicted a greater toll as well. It's definitely worn more obviously on the sleeves of Chast Nachatic and Nath Tenzin. By this time, Chas is basically daring fate to take her out in a space battle that she is just absolutely sure that, you know, the next one she goes out on is going to be her last and she's perfectly fine with that. And she's already thinking about that as potentially a preferable option to what might happen if she actually survives the conflict between the rebellion, now Republic, and the Empire. And her experience with the cult in Shadowfall that you know also harkened back to some of her youngest life experiences. Yeah, I feel like Chas really has an incredibly hard time in this series of novels and it doesn't get any better, unfortunately. And then you have Will Lark, who is as you know earnest and innocent a character as you would encounter, yet also is somebody who is flying a starfighter and is shooting Imperial pilots down. So, you know, he's not all of that innocent in that regard, but he still yearns for being home with you know his own planet and his own people. And as I mentioned on yesterday's episode, the whole trilogy has been a process of him you know, first having all of his people whittled away, then coming into this new group of people, and then being asked to take on additional responsibility, additional responsibility, 
and still trying to find and retain some sense of humanity in all of this. And that in itself gets pushed to the complete and utter breaking point in Victory's Price. And you could fairly say that it is one of the prices of Victory. It's not just you know, death as a, you know, glamorous conceit of dramatic works or anything like that. It is, you know, putting people to their complete and ultimate tests and having them, you know, not necessarily do as well as we all might have hoped them to do. And whereas Chaz is kind of like, you know, all right, death come for me. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, and Nath Tenzin is having almost a similar experience, except his experience gets to the point where it's like, how many more times can we go out here and not die? You know, when is the other shoe going to drop finally? And so that kind of psychic action starts wearing on him to the point where it becomes an issue in Victory's Price too. And then there's the matter of Erica Quell. And uh, I am still trying to figure out how to answer this question and not spoil anything for you. Because we have that bombshell at the end of Shadowfall where she reports back to Soren Keys, it's hard for us to know what is true and what isn't in the first two novels in the trilogy, at least as far as anything that she has said. You know, we have gone through these two novels thinking that she is harboring immense guilt and tremendous shame over what happened with Necronus and the actions of Operation Cinder there. But now, as we open the first pages of Victory's Price, we don't know if that's really the case. And I was even gonna say, well, maybe we can start with saying at least that Soren Keys and Erica Quell had a conversation on Necronus about whether she should stay with the Empire or whether she should leave, whether she should get out and defect before, you know, things get worse, before she becomes utterly consumed by the things going on with Operation Cinder. But even as I reflect back on that, objectively speaking, that's not a conversation that we can trust either when we start off reading Victory's Price. So... I'm really loath to say anything about Erica Quell at this point. Nothing that goes past page one of Victory's Price, at least. But I think it's fair to say that Erica, along with the rest of Alphabet Squadron, they are all suffering the effects of being at war and not having a chance to rest from the war, to decompress from the things in which they've been involved, the fights and the losses and the pain. There's not been time for any of them to rest whatsoever. And so even without saying anything about the allegiances of Erica Quell, I think it's fair to say that she has also been through quite a lot and is about as broken a person as you can imagine, who is still managing to carry on through the events of Victory's Price. She is a broken and lonely character, and my goodness, what a character Alexander Freed has created with her. So, ah, goodness, all right. I think we're going to stop there, and it feels like it's a 
a lot of teasing, <laughs> but uh, it's very good stuff. It is a special book, and I hope you will check it out, and we'll dig deeper into it and get a little less ambiguous about it as we go. But for today, that's going to do it, and it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for the show as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven by Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.